Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure, you may be thinking to yourself, buddy, it's January. We don't need to be drafting fantasy football teams for 2024. But when you're sickos like us here at Spike Week and when Underdog Fantasy launches a $2 million tournament, $200,000 to first place, the big board, you bet your you-know-what we're going to be hopping in those draft streets. So that's what we're doing tonight here on Spike Week. First draft of 2024 in the big board on underdog. Let's do it. Three, two, one. All right. Before we start to get in here, some super quick housekeeping. Thank you guys for joining us. I know everybody loves to start with housekeeping, but at hotels, sometimes your day starts with housekeeping, right? You're still laying in bed. They come knock on the door, whatever. So that's what get the uh, real Tommy boy situation going on. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll use that as a a segue here. What we're going to try to do on our shows here, moving forward at spike week, what is the fun of the streams without the draft? So we're going to try to bring you in 2024 here about as many drafts as we can, as you can possibly handle starting today with the big board. Of course, I mentioned in the intro, uh, the kind of flagship tournament on underdog before the NFL draft has now opened. And wow, uh, they did not pull any punches. $2 million is the total price. We'll also love the payout structure. Pretty flat, $200,000 to first place. Shout out underdog. No no regular season prizes in, in this one, which I much prefer. But a super fun tournament. Um, the last you know half hour to 45 minutes of the show. We will hop in a draft there quickly. Um, last little bit of housekeeping. If you don't follow us on Twitter, a there's a link in the description. What are you doing? Make sure and follow Spike Week uh, on on Twitter. I announced that uh, in just less than two short days, but two short days, February first. We tried to time it around the launch of the big board and these early 2024 contests, but our very first regular season, the 2024 NFL Best Ball Almanac here at Spike Week will be going live on February 1st. So everything you need to crush your drafts from February 1st through the end of the 2024 season, you pay one time. That's your your draft kit, your draft guide. We like to call it the Almanac through the end of 2024. So it will support these. We will have content, rankings, strategy, roundtables, 
everything data historical data on old big board tournaments and pre-draft contests and then of course once we get through the draft into the heart of 2024 draft season over the summer right end of april and into may after the actual nfl draft is over and then we get best ball mania and the DraftKings tournaments and the main drafters tournaments the big ffpc tournaments all of that will be covered in your 2024 almanac subscription so you pay once now and you get every single piece of content, all the rankings, all everything um, here at Spike Week. Um, pretty excited. Been working feverishly on the rankings and some of the content. Uh, a lot of rookie stuff. Uh, you'll see uh, if you purchase the Almanac on Thursday, you will see lots and lots of rookie stuff. I have rookie rankings and positional breakdowns, kind of how I'm thinking about each position how I landed on some of these players. Uh, I'm, I'm quite a bit different than the market, which maybe we'll see some, some of that here in the draft. Uh, a little bit of a teaser on some of the, the rookies in particular that I'm, I'm specifically targeting. And then uh, we've got, geez, off-season information. You know, there are free agents that people, I've noticed some drafts that they don't even necessarily know. You know, like, I guess people probably know like T Higgins is a free agent, but like, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, like there's tons of free agents and we need to understand a, that they're free agents in the first place. But what does that mean? Where could they land? Right. Saquon Barkley, is he going to be back on the giants? Who knows? All of that is their cut candidates, right? So there are players who are not free agents, but they could be cut. Right. And some of them are not names that maybe you would expect. There was a great one uh, today. Shout out big country from our, our discord pointed out today. Even someone like a Deontay Johnson is technically a cut candidate. The Steelers can save $10 million if they cut Deontay Johnson. Now, they, they have many other avenues to get under the cap, so I find it a little bit unlikely that they cut Deontay Johnson. But they also did just get Arthur Smith. Deontay Johnson doesn't strike me as an Arthur Smith kind of a, kind of a wide receiver. So we'll see, right, all of that kind of stuff we need to know. Coaching changes, right? Arthur Smith is now in Pittsburgh. It's a stark difference between what they had what is it i don't know matt canada arthur smith tomato tomato but that's a big difference for atlanta right and all these different situations we need to make sure we're on top of especially right now for these big board drafts we got you all covered in the 2024 almanac i don't think i have a link in the description uh because it's not up yet but as soon as it is up you may listen to this and it will already be up i'll get that in the description for you so with all that being said um with the big board now out there, Rob, I'm curious, like, how are you thinking about what is your general like strategy in these pre-draft tournaments where I find it personally, particularly difficult, especially as having put together rankings and everything like that for the last little while to really try to appropriately value all the different things that go into you all can't. these because there's so much uncertainty. So like, What's your like, you know, mindset heading in, knowing that, like you just said, you can't really factor absolutely everything in. How are you trying to attack the turn? So I've only done one of these drafts so far yesterday because I was still kind of mind blown that the tournament came out. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. I was like, no way, this isn't out already. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what, underdog? Don't be cowards. Release the 2025 big board right now. Just <laughs> let's just get way ahead of it. You want you want to be tough? Let's get it. Let's get into the next year one. Let's draft 2024, 2025 simultaneously. Let's just go full shit house and just like go. Let's get wild. You want to rookies get nuts? and let's sophomores? <laughs> rookies and sophomores for 2025 right now. Let's do it. 
Let's do the 2030 rookies and sophomores. I'll go down to my local middle school. We'll start scouting all these players. Careful, careful, careful. <laughs> no, I, I, you're taking that a whole nother way. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it's just crazy. January, and not only is it a tournament that is released in January, it's a tournament that released in January with $2 million in prize money. Did you, did you ever think? Like we knew best ball was going to grow, right? <laughs> we knew best ball was going to be going absolutely bonkers. But like, I didn't know it was going to hit this level where a tournament that drops in January before the Super Bowl, <laughs> two weeks before the Super before Bowl, the Super Bowl is offering $2 million. And I've already seen that it has had thousands of entries. <laughs> thousands. People are already lining up to play these tournaments. So it's just absolutely crazy. But to the question, how do you prepare for a tournament? And we we talk about this every year. Come July, August, September of, the, of whatever draft season, you're a well-oiled machine. You know who's going where. You know all the ADP movements when Kyron Williams isn't getting drafted and you're drafting so much and you start seeing him go 18th to 17th to 16th round, you're on top of it, right? Because that's one player. And there, and it might be like 10 different, 20 different players that are moving, but you understand the movements of these players yeah. when you have to take them to get them and stuff. This is names got thrown in a blender, <laughs> got spit out onto the draft board, and you're just trying to figure it out. I watched in my one draft so far, Austin Eckler fall five or six rounds past ADP yesterday. So you're seeing stuff like that happen, which it's mm-hmm. going to balance out his ADP, but that, that seemed like something that just would not have happened two years ago. Name value, name recognition would have just stuck and someone would have grabbed them. So that tells you that these players, not only are they drafting, they're not auto drafting because for Austin Eckler to fall six or seven rounds, <laughs> right? You have to be paying attention at all yeah. times. So, it's uh, this is this is when we get our calluses. We talk about this every year. We start drafting now because when these other tournaments start to release, we're already when the draft happens, we're we're already primed. We know who's going in the first round. We know who's going in the second. We know who's going in the ninth round. So right now, it's about learning. It's about trying to exploit some values. One that I didn't even think of that I saw in our chat that was brought up was Trey McBride. Just wasn't even on my radar for the. For the first draft, right? Like I was, I targeted Laporta. I thought he was undervalued a little bit in that particular draft, grabbed him. But yeah, Trey McBride didn't even, didn't even think about him at that moment. So you're going to be forgetting about players. We've talked about the Green Bay wide receivers. You can get them at some values, but it's, it's man, it's, it's, this is scroll down season, right? We always talk about like, you need to scroll down on, on different things, get different, combinations of players it's 20 rounds in this one too which i completely forgot about <laughs> until i drafted i was like oh i'm done and then i was like nope you're not done you still have two more picks to make you idiot and i'm just like oh that's why you read the rules right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i think we have an article or a, a video series and art, article series about how to how to play best ball and i think the very first one is, re- is reading the rules and and i wrote um, <laughs> and that route Rob, Rob, Rob has co-created these these videos. He edited them, uh, so he he listened to me talk. Literally, say read the rules about a thousand times while he was editing them, and he even he even he forgot. But I think uh, all all jokes aside, you actually did uh, hit on like a few different things that I think are 
are kind of what the how I'm thinking about these these tournaments as well. So a you mentioned Trey McBride and from from a specific individual player example, uh, he's probably the most undervalued player in the player pool to, to me. Um, I think I have him literally the, I'm not going to give away all the, all the rankings yet. I'm still massaging some of them and they'll all come out on Thursday for folks with the almanac. Trey McBride's my tight end too. Overall, overall uh, it's, it's Laporta. Everybody has Laporta number one. Um, so I get it. Uh, the market has Travis Kelsey as number two and Trey McBride is down opened. The opening ADP really doesn't matter. And we'll get to that in a second. But he was outside of the top 100. I believe his ADP updated today on underdog to like in the 80s, 86 or something similar. Uh, that's batshit crazy. <laughs> that's just absolutely absurd to me. He, like I said, is my tight end too. But again, that's one specific like player micro take. That is, you don't have to agree with that. But I do think this tournament, probably above all else, is one where if you feel very passionately about an asset being undervalued or overvalued, you should stick to your guns on on that one. Um, in the summer, as you mentioned, the market has had a long time to figure, and especially late summer, right right before the season, the market's had a really long time to kind of figure these things out. The market's going to have misses in May, like Kyron Williams, right, going undrafted in May, and then we clearly saw by the end of the summer that not only should he be drafted, he should be drafted a lot higher. Than, than he was going. It's going to have misses, right? But generally speaking, we're going to be in the ballpark of where some of these guys should be valued, you know, close enough. Right now, I just listed one example. Trey McBride is my tight end two overall. The tight end two last year was Mark Andrews, who went at the two, three turn. I'm not saying Trey McBride should go at the two, three turn, but that's somewhere in the ballpark of where I think Trey McBride should be valued. And he's going in the 80s, <laughs> right? That's absurd. That will never happen again. This is the only tournament, and really, even the short term here. I think some of those real, sure. the real those guys are really gonna change, but not all. Uh, I remember last year, my, my probably my biggest stand in in the big board was Jerome Ford. Um, so it's funny how the market sometimes props up these running backs with a little bit better opportunity, and sometimes doesn't. My thesis course last year was drone ford is going to now be the handcuff to nick chubb i'm going to take him in the last round every single time because i believe those clear handcuffs in good situations are really valuable right um the market didn't necessarily agree with me i was kind of right kind of wrong you know who knows but i believe i just took him in i had like 80 percent drone ford in this in this tournament if you don't want to take big stands like that that's totally fine but i do think adp like you mentioned adp that kind of stuff kind of doesn't matter in this the market has no idea and the market shouldn't have any idea because half these guys are free agents the other half are going to get impacted by free agents and rookies right it's basically like the first round is the only guys that are like all right we know what they're going to be and even then it's not outside the realm of possibility that the rams bring somebody the rams don't want kyron right he got hurt twice broke his hand in the last game and he got hurt and the Rams decide now we need somebody to ease off of Kyron playing every snap for the whole season. It's possible that he falls, right? It's possible. We don't know what the hell's going on with Atlanta with Bijan. Like we're, I I'm really excited for Bijan. We, who knows? Like we have no idea, right? Jameer Gibbs is going in like in the first round and Demont's still there. Ben Johnson's back. It seems great, but he's, like he's not going to overtake David Montgomery, you know, like there's so much that we just don't know at this point in time. So like my big thing is to, you're not going to be able to cover everything. 
You're not going to be able to know the absolute total ins and outs of every player. We'll try to help you as much as possible on shows like this with the Almanac and in the Discord. And the folks, the amazing folks are going to do similar work. Every time somebody calls me and it comes through my AirPods on the show, it drives me absolutely fucking nuts. I goddamn hate AirPods. I got to get some different headphones. Anyway, you put your phone on. Do not disturb you psycho while you're on the show. I know I forget every single time I do it like 40% of the time, not 50, but maybe 40 you, but you have stances. I think that everyone you you're human. There's no possible way that you look at this market and you just say, and you wouldn't be drafting right now. If you thought that it was like an efficient market, I don't think you're drafting. Cause you're like, this guy's undervalued that right. You saw it. Laporta boom undervalued. I'm taking him right. I, I, me McBride way undervalued taking him right? You probably have some rookies that you're excited for. Like do that. that. That's what this is for. This is when you can hit monster home runs with absolute mega teams, like mega, mega teams that you cannot build over the course of the summer. So use this time to try to construct those teams. Um, whether that be, you have an edge with rookies, right? So, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, where is it in the chat? Sorry. I should have uh, Paulino says, seems like drafters forgot that the second year players even exist, right? That kind of, or the market, it's wrong about a free agent running back or wrong about who the backup is somewhere or whatever, like finding your angles to this tournament, I find to be one of the most fun parts actually of best ball. So as crazy as it is that we're drafting in January and February and March without even knowing where these guys are going to be, I find like the strategy and the, the, you know, potential edges to be like some of the most fun parts of the entire best ball calendar. Yeah. And I also think that some of those edges that you bring up, we still see, we were just talking about how Austin Eckler fell, but people still get attached to names, especially towards the tail ends of drafts, right? Where it's like, well, I know this wide receiver, so let me draft him because I know who he is. I'm the first to admit, I'm not 100% into the knowledge of the, the rookies that are coming in in January. That starts to develop for me over the next few months. But when I'm staring at the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th round, if it's a guy that I think is stone dust, I'm just going to use Allen Robinson, for example. He's probably not getting drafted right now. But an Allen Robinson-type player from the last few years, do I want to draft Allen Robinson or do I want to draft a guy I've never heard of from, <laughs> that's a rookie that could come in and do something? Yep. Both are probably going to provide you nothing, but one of them actually has a pathway to doing something, right? So I'll take my chances on that rookie that I don't even know who he is. So that's, that's where I, I am. I, I totally agree. I also agree with this. Shout out Felix for anybody that everybody here probably knows. But uh, uh, once upon a time, best ball's moving so fast. Like it's been a couple of years now since Felix won a million freaking dollars. Uh, DraftKings best ball. We're crowning multiple millionaires every single year. Like you mentioned, we're, we're about to crown a 200,000 air with a January. Someone might NFL. draft it in January. A $200,000 <laughs> team just we're actually absolutely. actually we're gonna draft it tonight in a yeah there. exactly someone is i can tell you who it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be us gonna be um us. run through some comments and then we can go ahead and uh, uh hop in hop in this draft this is this is another so that jason brings up they both may f- i don't know that the, <laughs> the, the big big board you know the main the big board is gonna fill before the super bowl but the little board or little big board, little board, whatever the hell it's called, it's definitely going to fill before the suit. It's like more than 10% full. There's a turn, a freaking tournament that launched in the last week of January that's going to fill by the first week of February. <laughs> 
just absolute, absolute insanity. Um, this totally agree. Al says drafts are straight vibes right now yep. and anything can happen. That's a hundred percent it. And that is also, I think part of the fun, like we just should take a step back. We're drafting teams <laughs> like, wait, this, the, the freaking senior bowl is happening right now. Like, Not only has the super bowl not happened, we're not even close to the combine <laughs> or the NFL draft. Like we're so far away, but like, that's that's part of the fun, the vibes of it all, but also that's part of where I think like edges can lie, right? And everybody's gonna have different perspectives on what those edges are, and that's totally okay. But like when you hit the edges in this tournament, it's like bigger that the the edge it the extrapolation of that edge is like bigger than any game of best. Right? If you if you landed on I don't I don't I can't think of of a, a guy who was probably going in the late rounds right last year in this tournament. But like you, you hit on a guy who's going in the 16th round and he's a free agent. And the next thing you know, he's the starting running back on a good team, right? He, he's the starting running back on the Cowboys this year. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, that dude's going in the third round by the time May gets here. And you just drafted him, you know, in the 16th round or whatever, something like that. So uh, tons of fun. This is a pretty reasonable shout out Melch. Uh, <laughs> his big board preparation is pouring some whiskey and just enjoying the ride. And Chris... Uh, maybe needs to pour some whiskey so he can get the courage to hop in one of the drafts. He's just been enjoying watching. And I do appreciate you watching us because uh, uh, we're going to see if we can navigate these waters. And lastly, Jason, shout out Jason. I a hundred percent owe my fourth place finish in the man fourth place in the main event. Shout out to you. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Finish uh, to shows like this and others prepping me for drafts all summer and nailing the drafts in late August. I do but mostly, last, this show. but mostly this show. Yeah, absolutely. We do tons of FFPC content uh, last <laughs> year. Uh, I, we are going to do more this year. Um, we are going to do more. I'm chatting with the FFPC guys soon. This like, like Rob said, you know, you know, uh, getting your calluses, getting your reps in all that kind of stuff. I do feel like this part of the calendar is so good for that. Like just getting back in the groove of, you know, where, you know, where certain remembering where guys are going, remembering, you know, we talk a lot and did last summer about things like, oh shit stacks. Mm -hmm. And like, this is very difficult to do that in because of the free agency and, and rookie issues, but just getting back in the rhythm of remembering, you know, your levers that you can pull and the different tactics. They're different in this tournament. There is no week 17, right? There is no, some of that stuff, but there's still things that we, have to kind of get back used to doing and it can help us in August. It sounds silly and absurd, but it really is true that kind of cutting our teeth right now can be really helpful um, for, for drafts. Yeah. I'm sure that it was. Jason says it was an awesome sweat. I am sure. I am sure that it was. That's uh <laughs> And Chris says, not courage. Doesn't he doesn't need liquid courage? He just doesn't want to spend the winnings. Uh, <laughs> well, the sea, well, I don't want to spend my winnings on tw from 2023 while 2023 season, you know, is still going on. That's sure. uh, uh, totally, totally reasonable. Do you want to um, get yeah. us rolling here and we can we can hop in? Let's Rob and it. I have not talked. We have not, I mean, we, we've talked. Rob never. and I have we not, yeah, we, we never ever talk except for this show. <laughs> Uh, but we like Rob doesn't know what my rankings look like. No one does. Uh, Rob doesn't know who I like. I don't know who Rob likes. We talked for an hour last week about kind of some, our, our very initial, uh, 2024 takes, but they were a lot more like high level strategic. And some of it probably doesn't even apply to, to this 
to this uh, uh, you know tournament specifically. So we'll see. It'll be fun to kind of bounce around and figure some stuff out. Uh, Hacker asks, any flag plants yet? I've kind of teased a little bit of, of mine. The first, I mentioned it before. I won't reiterate the Trey McBride thing. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think Trey McBride is going to turn into a flag plant because I think his price is really going to adjust for me to something that I think is more, is more reasonable. Uh, my favorite rookie that I uh, am, am flag planting that I've kind of made known to, you know, to Twitter, to the folks in the, in the Discord is um, Malik Washington a uh, what rook, you know, soon to be rookie, rookie wide receiver out of Virginia. He is probably that's if I'm currently flag planting a rookie, it's going to be Malik Washington. Um, I don't have any like super duper strong flag plants, I think, on you know, returning players, free agents, anything like that. So we'll definitely be, you know, vibes based drafting this one. Uh, for sure. I guess this is a flag plant. I tweeted about this. Billy asks, being this early, are you more or less inclined to go zero RB? Funny you asked that because I'm curious what you think, Rob. I have six running backs in the first round that I think are all awesome. Mm-hmm. And they're all young outside of Christian McCaffrey, I guess. They're all young. They're all awesome. I want exposure to all of them. So I'm willing to take those guys. And if I don't get one of them, we're on the clock. I don't get one of them. I am pretty much down to go zero zero running back so i personally here would take tyree kill i'm open to jamar chase as well um let's take jamar okay i think so this is a point that i wanted to bring up with the way drafts are right now um the top five are kind of fluctuating around drafts and i think that something we can do in terms of in terms of like something we've talked about before is if you have a stand on two of these guys like if it's Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson you can get your exposure to like just through the moon on those guys yep. if you're willing to take some fades i think it's okay to fade Christian McCaffrey because of what you talked about right like i i don't hate Christian McCaffrey i was drafting him last year when other people were kind of fading him a little bit but if that's your stance, I think it's okay to fade him. Tyreek getting a little bit older. Do we think that Tyreek's going to be what he was last year? I mean, he could for sure. I'm not saying he can't. But, um, yeah, the, so these are the things that, I, that I'm that i looking at in the first round. But for the zero RB, I think that just really depends on where you're drafting in the first round. I like the RBs in the second part of the first round Yeah, to build hero RB teams around. I think if you do it in the beginning, like I did last night, that is what I did. I did go with the, uh, I did go with the um, zero RB team because I had like the four or five spot. Yep. Uh, that That's generally my stance right now, at least is I have Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Bijan, Kyron Gibbs, and JT. Um, as a very big teardrop after them. I know some people like HN more than I do. I know some people, you know, have their flavor of the running backs thereafter. And some people don't like JT as much as I do. And that's totally fine as well. But I think after those guys, it reminds me of, remember the, the first tier of wide receiver down to um, like Diggs and, and AJ Brown and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you Jefferson chase Tyreek Cup, and then you went to AJB and Stefan Diggs. Uh, that was a pretty big 
tier gap for me. And this is far bigger. Like I think AJ Brown was closer to the the Chase and Jeffersons than Achan is to that top tier of running back. So I'm much more focused on I'm happily getting my exposure to those guys, right? Brees, mm-hmm. Bijan, Gibbs, Kyron, JT, but I'm generally going to try to stick to a hero running back team with them. If I draft one of them, you know, you see the 11 spot did take Gibbs and JT. I do think that's fine, but I'm generally going to be more hero running back with one of those six guys. And then if I don't get them, we do what we did here with chase. It's going to be pretty much a zero running back team because I just think that the, the running backs beyond that top six are like, it almost becomes no different, like legitimately, like, I mean, I like HN a little bit more than these guys, right? I like whatever um, running backs in this next tier a little bit more than the guys in like the sixth, seventh round. But like, honestly, it's not that big of a difference. Whereas I do think the wide receivers, there's a fairly big difference. Uh, just like usual, the wide receivers here early are much better than uh, <laughs> this is fair. Uh, the wide receivers are, are much better. But this is a great point. Dorito says the Marvin Harrison love is out of control. If that doesn't tell you what you need to know about the wide receiver market, that yeah. anybody that's exciting is going to go high, whereas we can get some running backs that are more appealing later, I think. Yeah, so we're coming back up for our second pick. We're seeing like DJ Moore, Josh Allen, Saquon Barkley, Devon Achan, Brandon Ayuk, Rashad White, Steph Diggs, Isaiah Pacheco, Devontae Adams. Are you leaning any? I know we want to go probably wide receiver here. Are you? Do you have a preference of these three, four guys that we just mentioned? Um, I have DJ Moore and Devontae as my two highest ranked players here. I mean, I kind of like that Ayuk too. I'll take DJ Moore, but I think Ayuk is a, is a good pick here as yeah. well. Based I on, I have no problems with Ayuk. He goes right after us as as we take DJ Moore. So that is pretty interesting. I think the wide receiver point is great too because Rasheed Rice is already going in the second round. I did not anticipate second round Rasheed Rice to start. Nico Collins goes in the second round here, right? I thought I was going to be higher on rice specifically i thought i was going to be a little above market and i'm going to be below below market but that's another one of those like i'm probably just going to take them you know even even though because of the wide receiver you know it's like i don't want to have zero rashi rice in in this tournament like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me especially if i'm drafting wide receivers i like him generally and i'm drafting wide receivers in the second round so i'm going to take Right. So I'm going to take Nico. I'm going to take, I'm probably going to take some Marvin Harrison Jr. Even though I, I, I actually agree. I'm going to have him a little bit lower than where his ADP is. It's just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to like when in a market that's really not that efficient and like, it's probably going to be one with our later picks anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, do I care that the guy, I think the guy's an early third round pick and he goes in the middle of the second. Like I, that's not, I don't need to make a big stand for me personally there if you think he's like a fifth round pick and he's going in the second okay maybe but i don't really have that right that's like i like dj moore and Devonte adams over brandon Ayuk. but like if you said no let's just take Ayuk here i'd have been that's fine like there there it's one big huge kind of lumping of wide receivers that i like all fine i'm not going to be some adp and rankings stickler amongst that group whereas i feel much more strongly about that with the running backs the one-on-one is going with an interesting build. They went CMC, Josh Allen, Isaiah Pacheco. So going without a wide receiver, 
I'm going to want to earmark that team just to kind of see how that works out in terms of build, right? Like when we go back and check out our team at the end, let's look at that team as well and see how they're able to do not grabbing anyone. So we are back on the clock. We see Diggs, Metcalf, Chris Olave, if we wanted to go quarterback. Hertz and Lamar Jackson are there as well as Mahomes. Do you have any preference? Olave here? or Lamar for me? Want to build a Lamar team and just see what we can yeah. do with let's this? Build a, let's, let's, build a, let's build a Lamar team. I, f- I feel pretty confident we're going to have more fun drafting some of the late round wide receivers than mm-hmm. the late round quarterbacks in this. Doesn't mean, I mean, I, I don't know how much elite quarterback I'm even going to. Uh, to draft in this tournament, but I do think that um, wide receiver thing is a fall off in terms of comfortability. But I think that there's a good clip of rookies later that will be all right. That will will be fine drafting. Um, speaking the- speaking of having fun, if I can get now, it, out. what the fuck is going on over there? I have something. For when we do our drinking stream oh, this year. So since it's January when we're drafting, we can have a timeout to have. I'm gonna have to fun. get my tolerance back up uh, before we do the, the, the dry January is gonna you know, wipe me out. What is that? I have a drinking horn. The drink. I was just of. about to say that looks like a horn. So we have a drinking horn for the drinking stream this year. If everybody's excited for that, I love it. I love it. Um, some good comments. I know Hacker's been pushing, shout out Hacker for anybody that doesn't know, our CTO of Spike Week, the wizard behind uh, the tools, is uh, very bullish on Joe Burrow. I do, I glanced at some ADP again earlier this morning. I do have Burrow above. Uh, I'm higher on Burrow relative to ADP, so I think that that makes, makes total sense. But I'm also, <laughs> Lamar's also my, my QB1 over Josh Allen. I know that's probably a little bit of a, of a hot take. Ooh, and, um, yeah, and I, I just... I mean, it's Lamar Jackson. We saw what I know now, granted, the very last game against the Chiefs was not so pretty. But um, he also has shown a ceiling that is like, I mean, Josh Allen's awesome and an awesome runner and all that. There ain't no runner like Lamar Jackson. And I do feel like we didn't quite see the absolute ceiling as frequently this past season, 2023, because their defense was so good. Now, you can make the assumption that the defense will be good again, but like, Three years ago, their defense was the worst in the NFL. Was like the worst in the NFL. Like we know how that changes. We know how injuries, you know, can fluctuate all that stuff so much, right? Um, and so I, I'm just willing to bet on on Lamar. But again, I'm not going to make that big stand at Josh Allen versus Lamar. But I like I do I do I'm coming around a little bit to elite quarterback. I know you were higher on elite quarterback um, than than me. But I think it's partially because my brain is still struggling with the new ADPs. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I don't like digs, but then you're like, yeah, but third round digs, does that make sense? You know, your your mind is struggling with the, and I think everybody is with like, how do I compare my priors on this guy, where he went last year, where I think he should be this year, right? All that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's really a lot to take in. Yeah, we're going to be coming back up on the clock here. Good point by GA elite quarterbacks a little bit cheaper a little bit cheaper yeah. their nice. third fourth round i i think i'm just gonna be smashing elite qbs again this year to be honest um we're seeing amari cooper malik neighbors cooper cup drake london well so i'm also i also do like travis kelsey but i don't want to take him on on this team 
Um, it's neighbors or cup for me. Do you have a preference? Um, I do not have a preference. Let's take neighbors. Let's have some fun. What's the fucking point of the first draft if we're not going to take? If we're not smashing wide, uh, yes. If we're yeah. if we're not smashing rookies, so um, I just have to say, uh, for anyone that hasn't looked into the to the rookie stuff, let me uh, super duper quickly. How many picks we got? We got. So them. while you're looking that up, we have Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Lamar Jackson, and Malik Neighbors on this team currently. All right, and just pulling up the old nerd spreadsheet. And the God damn it, I forgot to put my phone on. Do not dis- disturb. Uh, all right, so you see here, this is just <laughs> this is just yards per route run, right? Um, what Malik Neighbors did just one season. I know everybody loves Marvin Harrison Jr. I I don't think there should be the gap that there is between Marvin Har- Marvin Harris. I actually am not that upset with the Marvin Harrison Jr. price, but what Malik Neighbors has done is like insane, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Three point eight one yards per route run, and if I scroll over to targets per route run, he's right up there with the best of them. He is and was absolutely absurd in the SEC. So we can't say like. You know, it has nothing to do with feasting on on weak competition. You know, yes, he had Jaden Jaden Daniels, but like, not everybody does that. With despite having an elite quarterback with him, I I just think the gap between Harrison and Neighbors should be pretty close. It should be pretty darn close, and it's it's just a a tick wide, right? In this one, where did Marvin Harrison go to? Early second, right? Early mm-hmm. second round, and neighbor, we get neighbors early fourth, mid fourth. It's pretty good. All right, do we do we are back on the clock? Do we want to take Mark Andrews here? Yeah, let's take Andrews. So, I don't think it happens, but I was looking at some contract stuff with the tight ends for Baltimore. I don't think they move on from Mark Andrews by any means. But they do have an out on them this year if they wanted to. So, again, one of those things I don't think ha- is going to happen, but I think there's like – it's not a 0% chance. Correct. Right? Yep. And it's why I'm not taking Kelsey. I don't – I would lean Kelsey doesn't retire, but I think it's closer than some people are making it out to be. So I'm not even taking Kelsey right now. Especially – I think the tight end landscape is so different this year than it was last year. And I think you can hit that position and fill it with so many different guys in these mid rounds that are very viable. Unlike years past that I'm probably just not going to be drafting Kelsey, even if he doesn't retire, if he's going to stay around where he's going. See, I, I like him a little bit where he's going, but but similar to you, the, the difficulty is that I also like guys who go cheaper than him mm. more at their price, right? It's one of those like, you you don't want to fall into too many traps of just because I like a guy in the eighth round better than the guy in the fourth round means I can't ever take the guy in the fourth round. I don't necessarily want to do, do that, but I, I do want to be cognizant of it, right? We talk about uh, when... <laughs> Yes, that is amazing. Is that the, the, the two, hold on? Let me see this. This is the CMC, CMC Josh Allen, Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Brock Purdy start. Hey, maybe he's got uh, uh, some late round rookie wide receiver fever as well. He's got the next J- Justin Jefferson 
lined up to uh, save him. But that is a funny thing. I don't know that I would take the, it, honestly, the first four rounds were fine. It was totally fine. The old fifth round Brock Purdy on Josh Allen team, probably a little bit rich, but Hey, who am I? Who am I to say? Um, there was a comment that, uh, that got me, that got me really, really, really good. Uh, GA says, do you have your 2024 Cole Turner yet? No, <laughs> it took me, it took me a lot of research. Okay. To find, so uh, to nail that one, <laughs> to, to really fucking nail Cole Turner last year. Let me tell you week five or whatever it was when he put up that usable week. Oh buddy. Let me tell you, <laughs> it made it move over here. That, that felt really fun. And then he was inactive uh for the rest of the season basically health healthy scratch no we haven't found this year's cold turner but just give it just just give it some time we'll find a useless later on tight end for you guys god is um, this the year mercedes lewis finally retires speaking of tight ends god i hope so <laughs> how long has that dude been no, in the league well just just wait uh arthur needs his new Janu in uh in in pittsburgh and i guess you know, he's got uh they got plenty of plenty of tight ends but uh who knows? Uh, this Cobra Kai, yeah, this this is pretty much how I would say it. Trey McBride is pure sex in in this <laughs> round, uh, but I do agree. I love I love me some uh, uh, Trey McBride. I didn't even notice this that uh, uh, the one hundred and one did take double dip quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Brock Purdy, and took Brock Purdy over Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, uh, gotta do it. That, that's interesting. I mean, I, I like who doesn't like we all like Brock Purdy, but um, I still would not take him over. Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't take him over several other quarterbacks that he went above here. Especially now that they have a wide receiver emerging on that team, which is nice yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, I think Mahomes might end up being fairly undervalued here. I agree. Okay. We are on the clock. We have 20 seconds. We see Austin Eckler, JSN. Can you just can you just put JSN in the queue just so we have can just click wide receiver? I don't want any of these fucking running backs. We got Godwin on there. We got DeAndre Hopkins, Brian Thomas Jr., Christian oh, Watson. God. What do you think? I don't hate JSN because I, I I think we're going to see a different team in Seattle this year. I and think so we too. can see that JSN emerge. Speaking of contracts, I, I looked it up midseason and I totally can't remember what the outs are on um, – God, I'm blanking on the other receiver, not Metcalf. Lock it. Yeah, Tyler Lockett. I forget what that situation is for them. I think they can get out from that one. Let me look. And it feels like the year to do it if you're going to do it. Yeah, right? he's fucking old as dirt. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Tyler Lockett. Potential out 2024. It's still a lot of dead cap. So I think it's probably going to be next year that that happens. But, I mean, this is age 32 season. He was yeah. fine. He was like Lockett was fine this year, but to me, he took a little bit of a step back. And I do think part of that was JSN coming on a little bit down the stretch. Now he didn't come on like in a meaningful fantasy way by, by any stretch of the, of the imagination, but like this is end of year numbers. Like, so raw from week one, all the way through the end of the season, Lockett had a 22% target share. JSN had a 17% target share. That's raw targets on far fewer routes. Uh, JSN, only played 64% of snaps. Tyler Lockett played 80. Um, now the air yards and all that kind of stuff, the, the power, the, the, the value of those targets for JSN was not, not particularly awesome. He was a glorified Deontay Johnson, right? Just a bunch of stuff around the line of scrimmage, but I think it's fo- fairly reasonable to expect some growth with him in a new offense with the new offensive coordinator. 
we'll talk a lot about over the summer of the waterfalls. Everybody's uh, uh, into the the waterfall concept that I, I wrote about, which I'm definitely also into. But I don't. I, I think JSN showed us enough that I would not classify him as. Oh my God, he didn't do anything. He's useless. Like. That is that's Jonathan Mingo territory, right? Where like he's out there and he's running some routes, but he really ain't doing anything. JSN showed some target earning ability. Wasn't awesome, but I don't I'm not writing him off. Whereas guys mm-hmm. like Mingo, guys like Sky Moore, guys like you know Kadarius Tony, I think we can just write them off. Um this running back. So I, I actually agree with uh Best Tajay. ball in here. Uh, Tajay Spears. Uh, I, I'm big into Tajay. You see him on the on the on the thumbnail here. I like him better than. Can you scroll back up? So Austin Eckler, old and free agent. Joe Mixon, yeah. old, not a free agent, but technically also is a potential cut candidate. Tony Pollard, free agent. James Conner, old. Like <laughs> we're yeah, talking yeah. about a bunch of guys who don't have locked in roles anyway, and some of them are free agents. They're older. They may not be good. Like Tony Pollard may just not be as good as he was a couple of years ago. He could bounce back, but like that's Tajay's job. What does that mean exactly for him? I don't know, but in the seventh round, it doesn't have to be perfect. He's going to be the pass catcher on a Rashad bad White. team. Yeah. He's right. This he's is, Rashad, Rashad White from last year, except I think he's might be better than Rashad. Might be a better player. The, the, the offense is the offense might be worse. Surely worse. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I don't, we love to do the, well, everybody thinks the offense is going to stink, so maybe they won't stink. And it's easy when you hit, like, you know, Seattle or Tampa Bay. But the other end of that does exist, like New England happened. You know, yeah. I mean? New yeah. England did happen. And this year's Titans did happen. Like, it doesn't always work out like Seattle and Tampa Bay. But for him specifically, I'm, I'm extremely confident he's good, right? So there's, that's like the hardest part, being good. I'm still not sold that Rashad White's very good. Tajay's good and his skill set and role is such that it doesn't really matter if they're bad. I mean, we want them to score touchdowns, but if they're bad and they're losing, he's going to be out there. He was out there this year when they were losing and down the stretch, he had some decent games. Now, if you remove Derrick Henry, I have him. What it's certainly not in the seventh. <laughs> I, I, he's not going to be, if he's going in the seventh or eighth round of drafts that I'm in, uh, he's going to be on a lot of my teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cobra Kai is asking at what point yeah. does the public give James Conner his due he seems to be a nice RB1 around RB7 to 12 every year at this price point Tajay Spears is a great choice also I will dance on the grave of James Conner every year until this motherfucker dies <laughs> I am not drafting James Conner this is this is a hard headed stand that I will take for the rest of my life because I just get annoyed by it every year I feel like he's 100 years old and that he should be dust, and he just comes out and he just laughs in my face every year. But I'm not drafting James Conner. Just I not agree. doing it. Just not I agree. It. He's old. He has no juice, like no like big plate. Like compare the Tajay, um, the Tajay juice, the Brees Hall juice, right? Relative to the James Conner juice. Now he's trusted by NFL teams, and that's where his value lies, right? He's a fine runner or whatever he catches passes. So he's trusted in those situations, but like the fall off, I know he hasn't fallen off yet. I get it, but it happens, right? People told me that about Derrick Henry for the last, how many years? Oh, he's still got, you know, he hasn't fallen off yet. How why would you fade him? It's like, because 
Father Time is undefeated, yeah. right? Father Time and injuries and wear and tear on running backs is undefeated. I understand all the perks and what he has done. I like to be out early rather than hang on one year too late. We are on the clock here. Is there anything jumping out at you as we scroll through some of these names? Someone I should queue up. Like oh. Swift, maybe. Do we want to go? Ugh. Do you want to go Keon Coleman? No, I'm fine with Swift. Let's just go Swift. Uh, they get in Kellen Moore there in Philadelphia yeah. as a as a um, offensive coordinator. They are in a spot that this has to be a Philly year. They have to actually explode and make it to either the conference championship or the Super Bowl, I believe. So I, I just think there's a lot going on. This is one of the final years with Philly in terms of contract stuff. So I'm in on the Philly offense. I don't know if that means that's going to be DeAndre Swift, but I'm willing to take some shots on zero RB teams in the eighth round on a good offense even though Jalen Hurts gets 20 rushing touchdowns every year. And he is – What do you think uh, – Oh, is he a free agent this year? He, he is a free agent. Um, well, but that's, I, even, that's fine that, too. That's, that, that's pretty interesting to me, I think. Um, mm. He's a free agent that isn't really getting any love, and I think he showed – pretty clearly that he's still good that he that he's good he actually might have proven he's better than we thought he was on the Detroit Lions um yeah. he looked awesome as a runner and his big flaw was that he was not an awesome runner right he was a pass catcher right I, I think I think like he could land now it could be a disaster too right that's the thing with the free agents is who knows I don't know right Austin Eckler could end up a backup to somebody DeAndre Swift could end up a backup to somebody but I feel more confident betting on Swift as a free agent, like relative to Eckler, as an example. Like if I'm comparing those two, I don't know that Eckler should go ahead of DeAndre Swift when I'm comparing the free agents. Um, but there's plenty of risk for sure with him. Yeah. And they could, yeah. And like you said, he could just come back to Philly. We are back on the clock. What are your thoughts on Javante Williams this year? With... I'm, I'm tempted. He looked god awful <laughs> this year. Second awful. year, though. But but I'm he had the really devastating knee, and yeah. we were pretty darn confident he was good before the knee injury. Well, we're so gonna I go think at, I think at these prices on this team, he makes he, he makes sense. Doesn't this show why we're pounding wide receiver as well? Now that yeah. we're in the ninth round, I don't like any of these guys. <laughs> we're looking at Cortland Sutton, think, Mike Williams, Jacoby Myers, Hollywood Brown, Keon Coleman. I think Tyler Jacoby Lockett. Myers is the best wide receiver pick and by the time we got to the ninth round out of this yeah. this list. And what does that tell you? Yeah. I mean, Gabe Davis is down here. Who knows where he's going to play? He's a, he's a free agent. And from what I saw, it's unlikely they re-sign him in Buffalo. So Correct. They are in cap hell. Yeah. You're already starting to see the wide receiver thing happen. Maybe even around earlier than it did last year. I think eighth end of eighth early ninth round was the Bateman line so we're gonna have to start figuring out who the line is at these wide receivers <laughs> I do love when Gabe Davis shows up every time <laughs> that Gabe Davis is uh this I, I I got no I got no problem Paulino's out on the Broncos I, you ain't gonna hear me really push back on on any of that and uh um where was it Billy Joe yeah I mean he was awful 
I made I, you heard the first thing I said when he said, "What do you think about Javante Williams?" He was fucking awful in, yeah. in twenty twenty two, and he was. He was terrible. So I, I think if you want to say that's that's who Javante is now, the Broncos are not an exciting situation. I don't know how much can change to make them an exciting situation. And Javante, you know, maybe the knee. Your your belief is the knee. It's over for for him because he did have a very serious knee injury. I do think there's also reason to believe, right? Like not that long ago, the year he got hurt, he was like, if he had not gotten hurt that season, he was en route to a monster year. Um, and he did st- as bad as he was, he did still get uh, a lot of the work for Denver. So if you want to bet on, okay, Peyton is going to turn this team around and Javante will be fine. He just needed that another year, right? That we see that all the time, which was another- always the case with this injury with for the most part there's been anomalies but when it's the really bad acl tears it's a two-year thing they come back they don't look the same the first year back the second year back is when they get their bursts back so i'm not saying that javante is going to come out and lead the league in rushing in fact i think that you're going to still see the mclaughlin stuff i just think they might concentrate it a little bit more between javante williams and maybe mclaughlin and you might see samaje gone or something like that and Cobra Kai, that's who Rob uh, Cobra Kai asked who was the undrafted rookie that Sean Payton seemed to love, and it was who Rob said Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna. I think Jaleel. I, I, I don't know that they're gonna add much at the running back. Maybe you know a depth piece because you have to have three backs at least on NFL teams. But I think Javante and McLaughlin are probably the one-two punch in Denver, and I feel reasonably confident. And everything else of, is going to change there. Yeah, there's not a lot of backfields that you feel confident in, and I don't feel confident in anything on the rest of the offense with yeah. the Broncos. But I do feel confident that that's kind of their their one two punch. Let's let's look at some of these wide receivers though. Um, I do. I need to look into the Cortland Sutton contract. Cortland Sutton actually looked good last year. Yeah, he was fine. He was their only useful offensive player. Yeah, for the most part. So we're back on the clock here. We're looking at like Corlin Sutton, Tyler Lockett, Jahan Dotson, Jerry Judy, Adonia Mitchell, Gabe Davis, no. Khalil Shakur. No, I don't. I'm 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 actually okay with Shakur. Schuber? No. Who do you like here that I can queue up? Uh, Shakir or Troy Franklin, another rookie wide receiver. Either of those two guys. Which one do you prefer? Let's take Franklin. Franklin up. Uh oh. Boom. Okay. Oh, we didn't. Oh, come on! And look at that auto. Who who is who's that behind us? <laughs> I that every time I see DB, I'm snap called. He snap called Troy Franklin. Our pick barely went through. There's a bug in the system. He must have. I'm I pretty sure you 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 had it. Debo has something going on that he somehow plucked him uh, when you when yeah when you had to. Uh, but I really like Troy Franklin. I. I you you mentioned uh, Adonai Mitchell. He goes AD uh, is his first name, or what they call him is his first name. Obviously, Adonai is his first name. He's criminally overdrafted. Troy, Troy Franklin is my wide receiver four in this class, and AD Mitchell is like well down the board. Uh, that's a smidge contrarian with AD Mitchell, but I don't think it's that contrarian having Troy Franklin above him. That's kind of crazy to see. Uh, even like Keon Coleman going a little bit ahead of, of Troy Franklin, I think is wrong. Um, so I'm pretty into him out of Oregon. Awesome, awesome season. But I like Shakir. I like Shakir too. Uh, Paulino's been saying he's he's hammering hammering Shakir. I, I I think like you said they they are in cap 
hell in Buffalo. They're $45 million over the cap with not a lot of ways to get under the cap. That's why you mentioned they, they really, there's nothing they can do to bring back Gabe. Probably they're going to have to make some serious cuts and Shakir's cheap, right? So he ain't going anywhere. And I think another guy, I feel pretty confident, like similar to Tajay. He's not as good, uh, like relative to Tajay. I feel confident in saying Khalil Shakir can play um, exactly how, you know, much can he play? That's debatable, but I feel pretty confident saying he's good enough at the game. At, there's not going to be a lot of target competition in, in Buffalo for him. We are back on the clock. We're seeing okay. Jonathan Brooks is interesting, but he, he is off an ACL, but we can support that on this team. Cause we got three running backs already. Um, keep scrolling. Jerome Ford we should build here. a queue. We should build a, a get a little bit of a queue. Let's just take Brooks real quick and then build out. I, at this point, build out a queue so we're not scrambling too much. And if these mm-hmm. people take them, who gives a shit? We got a lot of guys that we probably want to take. Is there anybody up here right now that you're interested in? Because I'm not all that interested in anybody at the top of the board. Um, not especially up here. I mean, we're we're starting to see the guys that are going to go in this range. Like Josh Palmer is going in this range. And it's like, no, absolutely not. Why would you ever draft Josh Palmer here? I it's, would... it, it's a mirage because people are like, something's got to give, right? The chargers are also massively over the cap. Mike Williams probably gone. Right. So people are going to tell themselves that story. I would rather not reach on a guy who's not special just right. because, I can I can convince myself he's gonna you know open up some routes. I mean I do I do like taking Khalil Herbert. I mean we already have enough running backs, but like in this range, Herbert I still think is a decent zero RB target for what he provides with that offense. I think it's gonna concentrate a little bit more to him and Roshan Johnson this year. They were already starting yeah, to Foreman make, will be gone. Yeah. Well, Foreman was already starting to get inactive and he's probably going to be gone. So I like that. I mean, Jerome Ford, I think, is fine as well in that spot, too. I saw a question about taking TJ Hawkinson around where he went. And I just like the position too much where TJ Hawkinson got that knee injury late. I just think there's I think it's a chance I don't have to take at the moment with TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not super into Hawkinson yet. Um, I would be actually stunned if he didn't start the season on the PUP on the pup list. Mm-hmm. And in this tournament specifically, like I just don't feel the need. Like he may miss him for the first six weeks. Who knows if he's healthy after that? Who knows what their quarterback play looks like? Kirk Cousins is a free agent. It's just a lot of like that's a lot of issues. You know what I mean? Um, I do like uh, Sean likes Audric Estime, rookie running back out of Notre Dame. I also like Audric Estime, but I got some other guys as well. Um, we can add him to the queue. Um, let's see. Well, here. we didn't build our queue as no. intended. Adam Thielen in the twelfth round. Absolutely love to see it. not. Yeah, I'd love to see it. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Uh, all right, let's start looking through the. Just start scrolling oh, a little bit. I was going to ask if you wanted Ad Mitchell with him Absolutely. falling so much. Not particularly. So, um, Quentin Johnson, baby. No. Uh, will you click Lad 
L8 right there. Lad, oh, buddy, man. I am smashing Lad McConkey in let's every take him. draft. Let's, just, let's take him. Just because I don't think he's a real person. I don't know anything about him, but there, there's no way there's somebody named Lad McConkey. It's impossible. Yeah. And he was meant to be on wherever Belichick ends up is who's going to draft Lad McConkey. He is <laughs> yeah. he he is the he is the Belichick type guy. And I just want to hear all of the comps for Wes Welker and Julian Edelman and all of these guys because he's a white wide receiver um, <laughs> who didn't really play as much in the slot as uh, most white wide receivers do. But he's a he's a baller. I mentioned Malik Washington as one of my rookie wide receivers. I'm just like very, very much into um, lad is right up there. Like super undervalued. Like I legitimately, like you talked about like AD Mitchell and stuff. Lad is better than AD Mitchell. He's better than um, Keon Coleman. He's better than so many of these other rookie wide receivers that go before him. I love him. So put, okay, let's put some, let's put a few of these uh, rookies in the queue. Will you look up Malik Washington? Got him. Okay. Um, did did are you in on Braylon Allen here? Yeah, so so. I'm willing to take shots on on him for sure. Okay. I I don't totally. We do we do have options for like a a second tight end, second yeah. Estime is good one to put in there. Oh, Blake Watson doesn't have an ADP. That's interesting. Um. Also, while we're thinking of names, just kind of want to point out this quarterback pool as well. So I assume the other rookies already went. Uh, Washington, Allen, estimate. We can take, we can take Braylon if you, if you prefer. Um, I kind of, he's a, he's a very tough evaluation. He is a freak of nature. Um, when you get a free time or if you're watching this and you get a, a free moment, go watch some Braylon Allen tape. It is a bizarre thing. He, he, he's, he is a college, then like new college version of Derrick Henry kind of. It, he doesn't exactly play like that, but he stepped in at Wisconsin as 17 year old freshman and like ran for a thousand yards. He's, he's huge. He, and he's a monster and he is just impossible to tackle in college, but he like progressively got worse. Hmm. Uh, over the course of his college career, he's not a very good pass catcher or in the pass game. So he's going to have to be kind of in that Derrick Henry ish role, which could be valuable, you know, for fantasy. Like, like I, I equate him to kind of like, kind of like Rashad Penny, which is going to sound really terrible, but like, you know, early career, good Rashad Penny. Like if assuming he's on the field, I think he's going to be pretty good running the football, but you're not going to get anything else out of him. Really? Certainly not in his rookie season. So that's like, Think about like that Rashad Penny, you know, he could end up something like a Rashad Penny where he lands, you know, with Chris Cart, right. When Rashad Penny got drafted by the Seahawks, Chris Carson was there and you were like, you might need an injury for him to be valuable. And then he's still not going to be the passing down back. So he's interesting, but I mean, he's a, he's a beast. He's a, he's a beast of a runner. So if all you care about is that, all you care about is, you know, uh, uh, he goes burr right? <laughs> like, uh he, he definitely goes burr when you hand it to him but there's some other issues which is probably why he's going in the 13th 14th round yeah so, which is fine i mean he's i think he's going to be one of those guys depending on where he's drafted could re, could rise uh, it, absolutely. significantly in absolutely. Drafts. all right um do we want to we 
look at any quarterbacks and tight ends just while we got a few moments to. So we're seeing Deshaun. I, I, I like Gino. You know. I, I I like a I like Gino. Uh, bounce back from Gino. New situation. Like, mm-hmm. I feel I feel pretty darn good about Gino at these prices. Actually, um, like I said, it's going to be a new situation for him. New head coach. New offensive coordinator. I'm not convinced that Gino is awesome. <laughs> that's for sure. But like, dude, he's still going to have Metcalf and JSN for sure. Probably Lockett, Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet, probably an upgraded offensive line. I mean, look at these other guys back here, like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we have JSN, so we might as well just pull the trigger on Gino, I think here. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, I think another guy that's interesting, Baker is most likely resigning with Tampa. Yeah, I'm comfortable with Baker. I like Baker wherever he goes. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be fine, especially when you're getting him so late. Like, it just Baker seems like a good contingent value quarterback to get that is probably undervalued at the moment in comparison to to some of these other guys that are going. I also think here. another late guy here, Daniel Jones, going back here. Like, if you're just willing yeah. to write off, right? The Giants were a. a epic disaster this season right so there's no it's kind of like the javante thing if you're willing to write off 2023 and just say it was a mess let's write it off and come back and say look it's still daniel jones he runs brian dayball offense right i mean there's reasons to believe we we because we believed him last year we believe last year he went much higher than this because he was very good in 2022 uh for fantasy it's possible that he bounces back as well um, so what do we got? Two quarterbacks. We're only going to want one more tight end. Maybe I wanted to say two seven seven two, but we got two more picks. <laughs> so two eight eight two. I guess it would be if we're going to go like straight balanced zero RB. Um, let's scroll. Let's scroll a little bit. Hunter Henry is interesting. Tucker Craft is interesting. Mo, oh, no, no, no. But we got to take Michael Mayer. I shouldn't have said it. Fuck. You know, DB is ready to. Yes. DB and Dorito. And then, oh, okay. Oh, no. Are you cool with my, with, with Mayor? Sure. I mean, he started to come on for the Raiders down mm-hmm. the stretch. I don't, I don't, I haven't looked up Austin Hooper's contract, but I, frankly, I'm not worried because he, he, he he's, sent Austin Austin, he's Austin Hooper and he sent Austin Hooper to the bench down the stretch. He's, still super talented and i think was a little bit of a i mean aiden o'connell went three quarters against the chiefs without completing without completing a pass and he had jimmy g before that like it it was a does that and then you know there's obviously the one football um and they're they ran the ball 65 percent of the time they're definitely going to still be run heavy it's still going to be antonio pierce but if they get any form of a quarterback upgrade I it's mean, Russ. It's Russ, right? Yeah, Russell oh Wilson is going. It just it feels like the it feels like the move for the Raiders. Like it just feels like a Raiders move that they're like. I don't know. Russ does not feel like an Antonio Pierce kind of guy. Like that, I would love. Give me hard knocks Raiders if Russell Wilson and Antonio Pierce are having to communicate every day. Give me, not- <laughs> give me Russell Wilson walking into Antonio Pierce's office. Telling him he needs his own office. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like he went to Pete Carroll, Mr. Southern California, right? Mr. LA, USC. Like he probably gave Matt Liner and Reggie Bush their own offices back in the <laughs> USC days. So he was totally comfortable dealing with Russ's bullshit. That's why we never heard about it when he was in Seattle. Then he goes to Denver with dumb shit Hackett and all this stuff comes out because you're like Hackett couldn't, Hackett didn't even get a play call in in time. Nonetheless, manage the diva that is Russell Wilson. You think Antonio Pierce is going to listen to Russell Wilson's demands for his own office? And doing his going up and down on the team plane, doing his fucking stretches and breathing exercises. Like Antonio Pierce is going to d- pull the escape hash and toss that dumb shit out the plane. <laughs> so good. So good. I mean, there, there's going to be some QB. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Vadim, this is not to, I was going to bring up. Uh, he said this may be too deep, but too deep, too deep. But Ray Davis, uh, I don't really like Rasheen Ali. I really like Ray Davis, so he was a guy who I was going to bring up. Um, his name is Raymond, but uh, I don't know what they have him in as. It's probably Ray Davis. Sean's asking if we think Higgins' stock will go up if he leaves the Bengals. Depends on where I mean, he goes, dude. It definitely depends on where he goes. I mean. Is that Pittsburgh, the- right? They cut Deontay and he goes to Pittsburgh. No, it's like a 10th round pick with Arthur Smith. But, you know, if he goes, I don't know. I'm trying to th- even think of somebody, think of a place where he can go. Um, that's the, that's the, that's the next step in my process is uh, I need to go through B Kurt can probably uh, tell us a lot better. Um, he's been doing a lot of good off season research on where potential landing spots do we want to take Malik Washington now? Yeah, let's just go ahead and take. Let's just go ahead and take him so we make sure we get somebody we know we like, and then add some. I was just gonna, like, Jesus! I look at a guy and Gorley. Oh, six eight takes him. I like him too. I like him too. A big thing. So both of those guys, Washington and Corley, were like predominantly slot receivers um, in college, and so what I would compare those guys to in terms of a bull case is is Tank Dell. They they target they target jesus they dominated targets it's like the tank dell profile at a not smaller and it's not a mega small school but not a you know tank went to houston malik washington went to virginia and malachi corley went to western kentucky they're not those are not powerhouses right by any stretch of the imagination but all they did was literally carry their offenses washington in particular i mean he was the whole virginia offense and they were competitive and decent and it was him all him uh and that's what tank dell did it was just like (laughs) the play call had to be like three step throw to tank five step throw to tank play action throw to tank and so like i those are just my kind of guys that that completely dominate targets right michael mayer did that at notre dame as a freaking tight end like those guys are just rare and so if they bust they bust but those are the that's where I want to place my chips. I'd rather place my chips on guys who dominated in college. Does Rico Dowdle stand out to you? Will Shipley? Do we want to look at wide Definitely out? Not Will Shipley. Yeah, let's look at both of these. Scroll a smidge. Keep oh, going. Oh, the mighty have fallen with Jesus Rashad Bateman. Christ. Uh, let's do Ray Davis. 217. Frank Gore Jr. ahead of Ray Davis. That's absurd. All right. Best ball moderate loves Luke loves himself some Luke McCaffrey. I'm not. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to agree to disagree on uh, on Luke McCaffrey. I mean, I understand why some people like him. I'm not. He's not. I'm not super in 
into uh, into Luke McCaffrey. Yeah. Somehow we still have three more picks to make on Jesus. this team. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in for 20 rounds on underdog, to be honest with you. Underdog feels like an 18. Yeah, why does it feel so much it? longer? The DraftKings 20 rounds don't doesn't feel this long. No, because everybody ends up auto drafting by and <laughs> nobody and nobody knows who any of these guys yeah. are in the big board. So the, the 32nd clock runs down every single yeah. time. Yeah. That that is my one. I need I don't know what the solution is, and I don't work at underdog, but they need to figure out what they want to do about that because people that are taking the full 30 seconds are the bane of my existence for every pick. I mean, not just, you know, you obviously have decisions here and there, but running the full clock down every time it drives <laughs> this me. Is def- this is definitely what happens. People get to round 14 <laughs> and they, they just see, you know, the rookie and they're like, Lad McConkey, you know, what the, f-? and then they see he's white and then they really get down a, uh, rabbit hole, you know, like the <laughs> white kid from Georgia named Lad McConkey. Like, uh, does that is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. So we do. Yeah, I this think is definitely true. I think uh, Rico Daddle's an interesting dart see, throw in the late rounds here. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do like he's a free, hacker points it out. He's oh, a free agent. Him? Yeah, he's a free agent, and he feels like one of those guys where people are taking him because they know Pollard's a free agent. And they and they, may, and they may not know that Dowdle is a free agent. And even if Dowdle wasn't a free agent, like what did he show to tell you that he's going to be the man there next year? Like, oh, he made, nothing. yeah, absolutely. Just not. that he was so, on the field. Yeah. He, like it's like people saw the name and they're like, yeah. oh, he was Pollard's backup last year. So it can't be worse here. And it's like, I don't know. Dowdle may not be on a team in the next year. Yeah. Also, you brought up that that guy was going to be on whatever team Belichick's coaching. I'm going <laughs> Belichick's coaching this year, buddy. Yeah, I know. So Hoosier says. Then you had to go and comp him to Welker and Edelman. So now everybody wants wants Lad. Uh, yeah, I don't know that Belichick the musical chairs of coaching and the greatest coach of all time is the one left without the chair. Pretty crazy. Yeah, well, that's because he's not getting. That's a whole control thing. We yeah. Don't have to get into that right now. Yeah. Well, let's not talk. Let's, we're having fun. We don't need to dive yeah. into Bill Belichick uh, stuff. So, all right. We're pretty open to either running back or wide receiver. Uh, let's scroll a little bit. Just, let's just scroll and see, see if we can find a fun name. I can't do the Dobbins thing. It's hard for me to. Yoshivas. Let's yeah, do Yoshi. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to talk about e. Higgins? Yeah. Sometimes you just need to scroll a little bit to, you know, get the brain juices uh, flowing there. He's easily a slam late round slam dunk to me. Another guy showed he can play, in my opinion, showed he can play this mm-hmm. year without Burrow, right? Um, showed showed that he was kind of the next man up on the outside when Chase or T went down. Trent, he kind of punked Trenton Irwin, right? He Wally pipped Trenton Irwin as the next man up in the wide receiver room. And we know at least one of those spots is open. Tyler Boyd ain't coming back. Okay. Yeah. Tyler Boyd's gone, banished to the shadow realm. T Higgins may not be back. And even if T is back, Yoshi is for sure the, the first guy up to get that next job. Yeah. In my opinion, will he be in the slot? Right. Will they move guys around chase, play some slot, whatever. I don't know. They'll make it work. I think he's their next best wide receiver. He's definitely going to be on the Bengals. So at absolute worst, 
right? You have the Bengals' fourth wide receiver. Absolute worst case scenario. Absolute worst. And best case scenario, you have the Bengals' wide receiver two. Two. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's most likely two or three. The fourth, I think, is like the least likely outcome of that Correct. situation. Two. I think third is the most likely outcome. Then two. Then four. All right. We are on the clock here. I have queued up Brendan Rice, but if there's someone you definitely else want an, at least up. another running back. You want Dalvin Cook? Fuck no. <laughs> we got Jalen Wright down here. What about, Cody what about, Schrader. What a, uh, Cody Schrader, please. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy Cody Schrader if you like Lad McConkey. Um, a uh, grinder of a of a running back that just balled the hell out in the sec walked on at mizzou so first of all went to truman state i don't know if anybody knows what even truman state is but it's not a division one school basically broke every record imaginable at truman state walked on it still couldn't get uh, a scholarship walked on at mizzou and then broke a bunch of mizzou records this year in the sec ran all over everybody um and I, I mentioned before, and I will talk about this on future non-live stream videos and probably live streams. The number one priority that I have in college rating these uh, rookies and analyzing these rookies is production, like produce. And there's varying levels to production, right? Lad doesn't have, uh, he was hurt a lot this year. So he doesn't have like his counting stats are not crazy, but he has the second highest. So he's sec- more than Marvin Harrison yards per route run, Lab McConkey is behind only Malik neighbors this year in yards per route run. Like, so that's part of production too, gaining yards on a per route basis and earning volume, right? Those are, that's what I, I consider production as well. It's not just like box score stats. Well, Schrader has both of them. He, he, he was arguably the best runner in the sec, which is fucking insane at to do at Mizzou on a good Mizzou offense. Not like totally elite. He was awesome. Awesome at Mizzou. And like just completely dominated. I think he's going to test. Okay. Not amazing. He can play in the passing game. Um, he's not quite, you know, a Kyron level player or something like that in the passing game, but like he's better than Braylon Allen in the, in the passing game. Um, not a perfect athlete, but like sometimes these dudes just like when you can play, you can play like you don't put up 1600 rushing yards in the sec. If you can't play in my opinion, like that's part of my stance in evaluating rookies. So I'm pretty into, into Schrader. Very cool. We are seeing some of the guys that just shouldn't be drafted in drafts go right now where Noah Fant's getting drafted. Greg Dolchich getting drafted. What is it? Would you can Fant is a free agent. Would you draft Fant? Um, like if you knew he was landing in a, a better spot or are you just like we've done this song and dance so many times it just it feels work. like we've done it too many times right i think i agree i think I agree. like it just it's he couldn't why? do it in seattle he couldn't do it in denver it's like those were good situations too <laughs> like yeah. so so what's the difference you know he couldn't he couldn't beat out anybody anywhere to, yeah. to be the guy do um, you want a, a wide receiver or a running back uh let's look at running backs see if i was gonna anyone. say do you think uh, Abana Kanda is going to be the Brees backup this year? Because should I, should I, be I, right. I'm pretty interested in him. If we want to take another rookie, I like Dylan Johnson right there. But I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm pretty interested in Abana Kanda if if he actually is going to be the backup to Brees. Let's do it. Let's take Abana Kanda. I only queued up Brendan Rice because 
I don't know if you know this, but anyone named Rice in the NFL is (laughs) at the wide receiver position just produces. Jerry, Sidney, Rashi, Brendan. Brendan has the worst name, though. I guess it is Jerry's son. He he named his kids as if they actually look like Lad McConkey. Thank God he didn't name them Ben. And then you get Ben (laughs) and Jerry Rice. Like, he just can't do it. (laughs) Would have been a gigantic mistake. Oh, Um, man. That is. That is great. All right. Let's take a look at our team. We went Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Lamar Jackson, Malik Neighbors, Mark Andrews, JSN, Ty J. Spears, DeAndre Suet, J- Javante Williams, Khalil Shakur, Jonathan Brooks, Lad McConkey. Yes, I need a Lad McConkey jersey. Braylon Allen, Geno Smith, Michael Mayer, Malik Washington, Ray Davis, Yoshi Voss, Cody Schrader, and Israel Abenakanda. I think it's a fun team. I think we're pretty solid in our starting quote unquote lineup with a lot of fun young players mixed in throughout. Uh, perhaps too many young players, but I think in this tournament specifically, you're allowed to do too many young players. I also think we did a, a really good job. You know, we often talk about threading the needle, n- needing the threadle, whatever I said that that stream many months ago <laughs> of combining kind of chasing the young player upside and the young player uncertainty, but with right. The foundation of some of this other stuff, like you have uh, Javante Williams and uh, uh, Deandre Swift, right. You have uh, obviously at quarterback and tight end where we're totally fine, but mixing in, right. Even like a band is like, we know he's going to be on the jets. Um, we're hoping he's going to be the backup. We didn't chase all rookies. You know what I mean? Yoshivas is like not chasing a rookie. It's chasing growth. That that's that is the kind yeah. of second year player we want to go chase. Uh, is Yoshivas? We mixed through. Like you can't. It is easy to fall for. Like the next thing you know, you took eleven rookies, and it's like okay, <laughs> you're probably gonna miss like seven of those. We took plenty of rookies because we wanted to capture that upside, but we also mixed through with some veterans, right? Javante, Swift, whatever, and some some guys who've already established something in the nfl but also have the chance to take a step so i i, I really like this team yeah it's a very fun team uh, another fun team we're gonna just go over real quick is the one-on-one hole they went with a four-four-eight-four build and they went josh allen brock purdy aaron Rodgers, Taysom hill for quarterback cmc isaiah pacheco raheem moster <laughs> jeff wilson at rb brandon Brendan Cooks, Deontay oh. Johnson, Alan Lazard, Josh Reynolds, Gabe Davis, Curtis Samuel, Alec Pierce, Cedric Wilson at wideout with Kelsey, Komet, <laughs> Likely, what? Noah Gray at tight end. So the other thing I'd like to bring up, completely unrelated to this team, people don't know what they're doing right now. You can get some <laughs> dead teams drafted within these tournaments as well. So another reason to jump into these and start, even though you see all the red badges. Um, I, yeah, I mean, so. nobody knows. Like, yeah. I I feel like, you know, in terms of like the rookie, <laughs> the rookie stuff and <laughs> and kind of free agents, right? Second year players, all that kind of stuff. Um, people gravitate to names that they know, even sharp and experienced drafters, right? It, yep. It's there's too much stuff for any one individual to cover, right? Why we're coming out, like, why are we coming out with our almanac in two days? is because 
this is legitimately the time where some of that stuff is the most valuable. Like you said, by September, does anybody really need to be told like, like which rookies to draft, whatever? No, it's more about like strategy and portfolio and all that kind of stuff right now. It's like, it's way too much for any one person. It's too much for me. That's B Kurt's doing some stuff, right? I'm doing some stuff. Uh, people, like Rob and I are going to be talking about all this stuff. It's yeah. out there. People don't know it's because it's too much for any one person. So like you said, there's going to be dead teams and people are going to gravitate to Michael Gallup and Alec Pierce and Brandon Cooks and Alan. I know not Alan Robinson, but right. Those names. Cause they're just like, I don't know who the fuck lab McConkie is. So just give me Michael Gallup because at least I know who he is. And like, that's, but that's our edge. That's exactly our edge and why this tournament is so awesome. I'm so glad Dorito said this <laughs> phrase. Be so uh, just between us and the other hundred or so people watching, Dorito said definitely pissing in the wind. And I was trying to think of this phrase two weeks ago. We were doing a hometown ghost story stream. And Jesse said, I don't know, man. I'm just spitting in the dark here. And I go, what does that say? And, this, <laughs> and it's like the saying he was looking for, I think, is pissing in the wind. But now we use spitting in the dark because what the fuck is that? So spitting in the dark. I love that. Spitting that, in the dark. <laughs> that is that is good. That is that is good. Um, yeah. All right. Rob does got to get out of here to go uh, do some hometown ghost stories. We'll be back. As I said, we're about to bring a fun, robust. Uh, they all, how do these shitheads always know? Audio listeners, my dogs are all over me. Uh, knowing that we're about to sign off, we're going to be, it's, it's hot and heavy. We got the tournaments now. We're going to start drafting a bunch of teams on stream. Be on the lookout for that. I'm going to try to get a, a schedule out there here very soon. And like I said, be on the lookout in two days for the 2024 Almanac. It is $69.99, one-time purchase through the end of the entire NFL season. I mean, this covers from the big board all the way through to the resurrection drafts and the DraftKings in-season drafts. Everything is all covered in that one product. So be on the lookout for that release. Make sure you're in the Discord, which is, of course, in the description, and hit the like on your way out. And we will see you guys yeah, next time. Real, real quick, real quick. Our good friends, Rich Rebar and John Daigle, are joining me Friday to review a movie on Hometown Ghost Story. So if you want awesome. to see Rich Rich Rebar and John Daigle in a little bit of a different element, reviewing a movie, we're reviewing Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988, I believe. So Amazing. Yeah, it'll be a lot uh, of fun. Amazing. Looking forward to it. Make sure you check out that. Check that out. And of course, subscribe here and on Hometown, Hometown Ghost Stories. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.